0: and welcome to The Wine Shop Talk. I'm your host, sommelier Erin Rosar, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here, and if we have, Welcome back. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about all things port. As I'm recording this, the holidays are quickly approaching. Port is something a lot of people enjoy and give it as a gift, but what happens is you come into the wine store, you stand in front of the section, or you're looking online, and you realize there's way more choices than you thought there were going to be. So if you ever had questions about how to buy the right port, what's the difference, what the labels mean, we're going to cover it all in today's podcast. So let's get started and talk all things okay if you are curious or you've been confused or you have kind of knowledge I'm gonna call it about ports or you always buy the same one because that's the one you know everybody likes this is the episode for you because by the end of it you're going to feel much more comfortable and confident in regards to ports what they are what the differences are how you can shop for them, and how you can enjoy them. Now, the first thing to know about port is where it comes from and what it is. The ports you're going to see on the port wall are coming from the Douro Valley, which is an area in Portugal. It's inland, and all the ports will come from there. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't port-styled wines coming from other areas of the world, but the wines that I'm going to be talking about today are the classic version of ports which are coming from Portugal the Duro Valley. Now ports we refer to as a fortified wine, and what does that mean? It means we've fortified it, we've strengthened it. So what happens is when the grapes are picked, it goes back to the winery to be part of its fermentation, so to turn it into an alcoholic wine, and during that process, I'm going to give you the quick TV version here, is we let that fermentation get started. So the, the alcoholic conversion is going on, and then we stop it when there's sugar still left in those grapes. So the basic science behind fermentation is there's yeast, yeast eat sugar, and the byproducts of yeast eating sugar are going to be alcohol, carbon dioxide, which is important in sparkling wine production, but we'll cover that another day, and heat and it becomes a very hot bubbling process if you've ever seen pictures of uh, wine fermentation. And while the yeast are eating all this sugar, they're obviously creating energy, but we still want ports to be sweet. Ports are always going to be a sweet wine style. There is no dry version of port. They're always gonna be sweet. And when the alcohol gets to about 8%, So if you're thinking about a normal table wine, you're looking at probably between 12 and 14% alcohol. And what happens in port is we let it get to about six to 8% in regards to its alcohol level, which means there's still sugar left for yeast to eat. But we're going to fortify this wine now, we're gonna pour extra alcohol on top of it. So that's a neutral grape spirit. So let's just think of it like a brandy, if you will. It needs to get poured on top of the fermenting wine. And by putting that extra alcohol into the port, we're stopping the yeast from eating any extra sugar because we're basically killing the yeast by adding the extra alcohol on top. The yeast can't live in that environment anymore, which means we get to keep the sugar, we get to keep that sweetness in the port wines, and that extra alcohol we've added into it, that neutral grape brandy, which must come from Portugal, is now fortified or strengthened the wine. It's also raised the alcohol level. Ports are also going to be higher in alcoholic volume in regards to a table wine. So they are fortified or a strengthened wine, which means it has had additional alcohol put into the process. Now, just as a little sidebar, Sherry's are also a fortified wine style, but they use a different process of when they add the alcohol, and we'll cover that in another episode. So know that Sherry as well is a fortified wine style, but the winemaking process that goes into making Sherry is different from Ports. So today we're just gonna be covering Ports. So now we know where it comes from and what a fortified wine is, probably the next question is going to be, Why are there so many different kinds? And how do I know which one to choose? And there's two main port styles. So all ports can get broken down basically into two main styles. One is an oxidative style, so it's had oxygen involved in the process, which is going to give us some of those caramel, nutty, and brown sugar flavors. And then we have what we'll refer to as glass-aged, the red ports or ruby ports. We have ruby ports, which are red, which have basically been kept in glass, so no oxygen involved in their process. And then we have our oxygen-flavored ports, which are going to have those Caramel nutty brown sugar flavor. So, we have two different profiles in regards to ports. So, people will always ask me, which one do I need? Which one should I get? And my answer will always be, you need both because they're both delicious. But in honesty, it's going to depend a little bit on which flavor profile you like more. If you are more of a caramel dessert person and pecans and nuts, Then the tawny style ports, so those brown sugar, oxidative styles, the tawny ports are going to be more of a profile that you will enjoy. If you are more about dark chocolate, dark black fruits, Christmas cake, that dark Christmas cake flavors, then the ruby ports are going to be more of your style, as well as if you enjoy blue cheeses, because definitely a classic pairing with the ruby ports is going to be a Stilton or a blue cheese. So there's two different profiles. Both are delicious. It just really depends on you or the person you're looking to buy a gift for if you know which style and which flavor profile they prefer of desserts. So if you are buying this as a gift, I will usually ask you, think about if you've been out to a restaurant or you know them, what kind of desserts do they like? Do they go towards more of a chocolate flavor or do they go more towards a brown sugar or a caramel flavored dessert? And that will give you a clue. Both are going to be appreciated and enjoyed, but depending on your person that you're looking for or yourself, think about which flavor profile you'd like the wine to showcase. Now let's break down our our ruby port style. So these are our red ports. This means basically that all the wine and port production starts at the same place. Every bottle you're looking at on The the port wall starts in the same process. They all start the fermentation. They get extra grape spirit or brandy added into it to stop the fermentation so the sweetness stays. And then some ports are going to go into barrel for aging. And then the ruby ports, which we're gonna be talking about, stay in glass so that they don't have any oxygen content. And that means they get to keep more of those red, true flavors that come from the grape varieties. They don't have a chance to transform like they do in the tawny styles. The ruby port styles are always going to be red, they're going to be sweet, and they're going to have flavors of raspberries, blackberries, red plums, so they're always going to have those flavors. They're going to have a bit of tannin as well, that mouth drying sensation that we get in red wines. But the sugar is going to be of balance. The most common labels you're going to see is just a standard ruby, it will say ruby port on the label, it will be the most economical style. You're still going to get the flavors. It's just not going to be as full, embodied, and as elegant as some of the other ruby port styles I'm going to be talking about. So you have your basic ruby, which is going to be a really easy sipping wine. One of the most common ones you're going to see in the ruby style is called a late bottled vintage, or LBV, you might see on the label. And this is a ruby port that has been made for immediate service which means there's no decanting involved. You can open it and enjoy it, and you're not gonna have to worry about any sediment. And I'm gonna talk about sediment in a second when we talk about vintage ports. But the LBV is probably one of the most popular ruby port styles to not only enjoy for your own home, but to give as a gift if you're looking for those red fruit flavors. I'll always recommend a late ball of vintage or an LBV port if you know somebody likes that profile, but you're not ready to delve into buying vintage ports. So an LBV is going to be a well-priced gift option now the top tier of the ruby port style is going to be a vintage port and vintages have to be declared it's a big exciting process when a vintage is declared in the port region and there's all kinds of excitement that goes around that, and rules that lock down on how that wine needs to be handled. And roughly, we get three vintages a decade, and that's a pretty big generalization. But you can look for, on average, about three vintage ports a decade. And definitely, if you're interested in this, there's lots of great websites out there that you can look up the different vintages. They are a classic baptismal gift in the UK to give as a baptism gift, and then it's opened at the wedding. So generally we age vintage ports about 20 to 30 years. We, we put them down. We need them to develop because literally we take this wine and we allow it to be fortified. We strengthen it and then we put it in the bottle and we just let it sit. And it's going to sit a long time. And in that time, we're going to have sediment, which is that sort of tea leaf looking flakes, that come out of a bottle of wine. So when we get into vintage port, you will always need to decant those. They are always going to throw sediment And depending on how old they are, you might need a special way to open them as well because the cork might actually be disintegrating on the inside. Something to think about, but vintage ports, very special. If you are looking for one, I highly suggest look up online certain vintages. If you're looking to tie it into a birthday or an anniversary or a special occasion, there will be a vintage close to that date that you're looking for. And then definitely the wine shop team can help you find that of port, and tell you about how to serve it and keep it, because you definitely want to make sure that it's kept in a great place so that it stays safe and you're able to enjoy it when you're ready to open it. So for Ruby ports, we go from a basic Ruby style very economical, and LBV, so late bottle vintage, is going to be the one you're going to see a lot of on that port wall, and you're going to be able to enjoy that anytime, makes a great gift idea. And then we get into vintage ports, and they're very special, and definitely have a few extra considerations in regards to service and storing, but if you are looking for a special gift, of vintage port is definitely there. And we'll be doing more courses and I'll now have information for you to be able to expand your knowledge on vintage port. Now let's talk about our tawny styles. So the tawny styles are the word we use for our oxygen impacted port styles. These are going to be our caramel, brown sugar, sort of pecan, nuts, all those delicious flavors. So our tawny styles are the ones when you look at the label, you're going to see 10 20 30 40 on the label so when you see those we'll call them ports with indicated age so it's a tawny port with an indicated age and what that age means is it's the average age of the wine in the blend it doesn't mean that all the wines in that bottle are all 20 years old it's a collection of wines that the average age you could have wines that have been aged 60 years wines that have been aged. 10 years, they're all going to create the blend that is the house style. So uh, Tawny port from one port house will always taste the same. So Taylor's, for example, Taylor's port, you'll see that around the world. If you pick up a bottle of Taylor's 20. It will always taste the same. That is their house blend and they use a collection of wines and their magical blenders will create that wine the same every time. So as you go up in age, so 10, 20, 30, 40, you're going to get more caramel and brown sugar notes as it gets sweeter and more of those oxidative notes. And they're delicious. You'll also notice the price goes up as of wine gets older and this is going to be where you're going to choose where you're comfortable with in regards to to cost but also flavor profile i'll usually recommend that people the the 20 is usually my go-to port to, to keep in the house to have handy it's going to give me lots of those caramel and butterscotch flavors and and sugar notes, but at the same time, it is still a great value. Now, if we take a look at the 20-year-old versus the 40-year-old, there's going to be a difference in price. There's going to be a difference in the color in the glass. The 20-year-old is still going to have some pink hues to it because those red grape varieties we used were converting over into that more oxidative style. So you may have a little bit of a pink tone in the glass. As we get into the 40-year-old tawny, it's going to be more caramel in color in the glass, so you'll see a transition in color. Also, in regards to the the flavors of the aromas and also on the palette, you are going to have more of those nutty and brown sugar notes come through on the 40, but the 20-year-old is definitely caramel and sugary and buttery, so very, very delicious. You're just going to get more intense flavors of that in the 40. So if you are looking to pick up a tawny port, It's really going to be up to you on a couple of choices you're going to make. One is going to be your budget and the investment that you're looking to spend. And between the 10 and the 40, you're going to have a wide range of different price points to choose from. The other is going to be the flavor profile. And I will always recommend do a little homework before you come into the wine shop or shop online. There will be a review about that palette profile of the the flavors that you can expect to have, and you'll know the person you're buying for, if it's you or someone for a gift, of how intense you'd like some of those flavors to be. So just know that the Tawny Ports are always going to have a very smooth edge to them. There's not gonna be that tannic, that mouth drying sensation like we would get in the Ruby Ports both port styles are always sweet, but you are getting those brown sugar flavors. I always kind of joke and and will say that if you're really looking to go over the edge in regards to a tawny port pairing, that you could definitely do sort of sticky cinnamon buns. And you would be sugar filled up for the morning and probably need a nap, but definitely you can sugar out, if you will, with delicious caramel and brown sugar flavors by doing tawny port and pair it up with a cinnamon bun if you really enjoy those flavors. So that's a great segue into if you get your port home, what are you going to serve it with? So what are some pairing suggestions? If you've chosen a ruby port, so the red style of port, dark chocolate is going to be a delicious pairing. You can definitely do a Stilton cheese, so the blue cheese, and here we have the sharp flavor of the stilton and the the sweet but sharp flavor of the ruby port as well and that's a classic pairing with the vintage port. You'll see very often with ruby ports we serve walnuts and the reason we serve walnuts is to help bring down the sweetness. The walnuts bring a bitterness, they bring more tannins, and so you're going to have a bit of bitter to mellow out the sweet so you get a really nice balance on the palate. Any walnut desserts or just simple nuts and cheese with a little ruby port at the end of the meal is delicious. Those are some classic ideas for ruby ports. When we're getting into those tawny ports, we want to stay with that theme of sort of the caramel and the brown sugar flavor. So sugared nuts, so sugared pecans, definitely you could do walnuts as well here. So if you're just looking to bring some balance into the sweetness and have a grounding flavor, also anything like brown sugar topping or a sticky toffee pudding, Delicious, can be a lot though, so just watch cheeses with both of these, so uh, more of a creamy or medium soft cheese with the tawny port, and like I said, the blue cheese with the ruby port. Obviously, if you're doing one of those baked bris where you have the brown sugar and pecans on top and you do the warm brie with some crackers, that's going to be pretty decadent as well. So you have some ideas in regards to to some delicious pairings. Now, how do you store ports? Generally we'll store ports standing up. The reason being is that the alcohol, if it comes in contact with the cork, it will rub it down. It's going to help disintegrate that port longer. So generally as long as you keep your port out of the sun in a cool, dry place, it's going to be be safe. If you are getting into vintage ports, we do lie those down. And what you'll see happen a lot of times is you'll people will mark it. They'll put a little chalk mark or something on the bottle and they'll turn it every couple of months. And the reason people do that is just to move the sediment around in the bottle and that little mark on the bottle helps them know where the top of the bottle is and how they're twisting it. So if you do have a friend or you've seen sellers that have vintage port bottles in it, don't be surprised if you see a little white mark on the bottom of the bottle and that's just literally how we keep track of how we're turning the bottle but we would turn it every couple of months just to move the sediment around because remember it's going to be down for about 20-30 years and so that sediment is going to build up in the bottle. Now, once you open up your port, you may be wondering, how long can I keep enjoying it? How long does it last for? And it's a really great question. With a normal bottle of wine, we're going to say between two to three days, depending on how you're storing it and the closure type that you're using. But when we get to ports, on average, we'll say about two months. And that's because of the extra sugar and the extra alcohol it's gonna fortify. You do wanna keep it out of the sun. You wanna make sure that the cork is back into it or has a closure on it but there is going to be a Place there is going to be a limit to how long can it be open because you've exposed it to oxygen. It will start to break down. But generally, we will say that that wine is going to be in good condition for about two months. And again, this is going to be up to you. If you go past that mark and you're still enjoying it, you still feel the, the palate profile is showing to a point where you're enjoying it, then continue to enjoy it. I'm just giving you some recommendations that you'll be able to use as some guidelines as you're enjoying the bottle. Now it's important to know, as we're talking about how long does it stay open, that ruby ports will start to break down faster than tawny port styles. And that's because the ruby port styles will have not have had that contact with oxygen through their aging. So you're going to pick up their fruit flavors, start to mellow and dull a bit as it stays open. So don't be surprised if you have a ruby port style and you're kind of at that Two-month mark that you're starting to notice that the fruits are not as vibrant on the palette as they were. So sometimes we will recommend that Ruby port styles go about six weeks at the at the long end, where the tawny ports you're looking at two to even three months depending on the age. But I did want to share with you that you will notice the oxygen impact once you open up the bottle more so on the Ruby port styles than you will on the oxidative or the tawny styles. Let's recap what we learned in today's podcast. You should have a better understanding that port is a fortified wine style, which means that it has had Grape brandy has been put into the wine style while it was still fermenting, which allowed it to keep its sweetness. So there's no additional sugar added to port, it's just that we did not allow the yeast during the fermentation to eat up all the sugar. So we stopped the yeast by adding extra alcohol, and by doing so, we fortified it. There's two styles of ports. There's a ruby, which is our red ports, and tawny, our oxygen-impacted ports. In rubies, the main styles you're going to see are ruby on the label, late bottled vintage, so LBV, which is probably the most popular one, and then vintage ports. In vintages, we get about three a decade. They're very special, and they need to be aged 20 to 30 years, and definitely Google is going to be your friend in regards to information, but so is the team at your favorite wine store. They'll be able to help you as well. So. Definitely, if you're looking into vintage ports, you're just going to want to do a little bit of research. Now, tawny styles. Here are our styles that are impacted by oxygen. They're put into barrels and then interact with oxygen during their aging. On the label, you're going to see 10, 20, 30, or 40. These go up in regards to value, but also in regards to the profile of the brown sugars the nuts and the caramel flavors. They may be a little pink in the glass, especially the 10 and 20. Very delicious, but different profile in regards to the ruby. Rubies, we're gonna have those red fruit flavors, the berries, the plums, blackberries, Christmas cake, And in our Tawny Ports, we have brown sugar, nuts, and caramels. Both are delicious. It just really depends on which profile you enjoy more or if you know the person, if you're buying it as a gift, which style that they go to. Do they resonate more to chocolate desserts or do they resonate more to that caramel and butterscotch flavored desserts? And you have some options. Both are a wonderful gift. Once you open them, you're going to have between six weeks to three months to enjoy that, knowing that sugar and alcohol both act as extra levels of preservatives, but there is going to be a line where the flavors do start to dull and just aren't as lively and as pronounced as you would have enjoyed them. But as long as you enjoy them, continue to enjoy a glass from the bottle. Now in regards to serving temperature. Serving temperature to me is Castle in that I like it just to be a little bit cooler room temperature, but definitely not chilled. So if you're keeping this in a cool, dark place, that's going to be perfect. I Like I said, I call it castle. So if I put my hand on the bottle, it should be cooler than my hand. And the other, and the other two styles of port that I'll share real quickly is we have white port, and now we have a rosé port. And rosé port is really new to the market, like within the last decade. White port, we serve as an aperitif, and it's really nice. It is sweet, and you're going to serve it with a little bit of soda water and a slice of of lemon and it's a really nice pre-dinner cocktail but it is going to be sweet and if you're looking for something a little bit different to serve at a holiday get-together then it's a really nice cocktail that maybe not everybody has had before so very nice aperitif to serve just white port with ice with a little bit of soda water and a squeeze of lemon it's delicious the rosé port this you can chill a little bit it's very pretty in the glass it is going to be sweet delicious with sort of berry desserts and a little bit of milk chocolate, but it's lovely just as an after dinner little bit of sweet. I hope now you have a better understanding of the port wall and some ideas of how you may shop for yourself, but also if you're giving it as a gift, especially with the holidays now quickly approaching, depending on when you're listening, obviously this information works whenever you're looking to buy a a bottle of port and bring one as a gift or as a treat for yourself. As always, it's been wonderful to hang out with you today. I hope you have a new understanding of the port wall and an appreciation of the different flavors that are available for you and what the labels mean and what you can expect from the flavor profile inside. If you're not already subscribed, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Now, I'm going to end here by wishing you a wonderful week. Cheers to you. Bye now.